0: Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Eyes Wide Open podcast. I'm Ann Hambly, the leader of this weekly podcast, and we focus here on this podcast on things that you don't hear openly in the market all the time. I'm featuring various industry experts. And today I'm very, very honored and happy to have a long-term friend of mine in the industry, Sean Hill. Sean is the principal and one of two founding members of the BSC group. And I know that you primarily, Sean, focus on uh, self-storage property types, but why don't you give your give your company overview of what you do and so on. And then, um, well, all, I got a couple questions to ask you.
1: Sounds great, Ann. So nice to talk with you and so nice to see you again. Um, so the BSC Group was founded in 2009. We are essentially uh, a mortgage banking firm, um, no different than a lot of other mortgage banking firms. Uh, we focus on financial advisory, debt and equity. Uh, I think the thing that makes us unique is our uh, expertise and our specialization in the self-storage asset class. So we we have been involved, you know, self-storage has really, Evolved over the years, um, and we have been focusing on that asset class uh, since before it was, you know, "quote unquote" institutional. So we have we have uh, long been involved with the self-storage industry and have focused on that for, for quite some time.
0: Yeah, when I think of self-storage, I always think of you. So um, the minute I wanted to focus on self-storage, I thought, who better to call than you? Of course, Sean. Um, how has yeah? How has COVID? I'm sure you were impacted by COVID, but I know like hospitality, of course, was decimated right away with COVID. Retail and office were seeing some residual effects of COVID. How did self-storage fare during COVID and and, and even after?
1: Um, It has had the opposite, it has thrived. So self-storage, I think that's one of the things that the institutional community has woken up and, and gained a better understanding of is you know, if you go back and you look at the recession of uh, the great recession of, you know, 2009, uh, if you look at uh, COVID is a, a great example, um, you know, self-storage is a business that does well when there's change in the market. So when um, everybody was starting to work from home and offices were shuttering down, uh, self-storage was a beneficiary of that. People were looking for space to uh put that second bedroom full of furniture so that they could open up their home office. Mm-hmm. Um and so self-storage had was it was interesting because self-storage was in a period of time where there had been arguably some overbuilding. You were seeing um some softening of rents and some concerns about occupancy just surely because there was a lot of new product that had been put on the market. So there was a lot of industry talk about You know, are we going to take a step back? Are we going to be able to absorb all this space? And if you fast forward to here today, post-COVID, not only have we leased all that space up, but um, record rent levels, if you look at the REIT performance, it's exceptional. Um, Rents are at all-time highs. Occupancies are at all-time highs. Uh, The industry is just absolutely thriving. So COVID, in some ways... um, really helped our industry as it often does um, during times of, of recessionary environments. You know, people like to say it's a recession resistant product type. Of course, there's no such thing as a recession proof product type. But I think there's a lot of uh, attributes about our asset class that make it uh, do well or perform well during times when maybe, you know, you pointed out retail and office uh, where there's some headwinds for sectors like that. Our sector tends to do very well.
0: So how do you anticipate self-storage being affected, if at all, by the changes that are happening in the industry on retail and office? I mean, there's so many controversial views about the office space and whether employees are going to go back to full-time work, you know, button seat kind of thing, or if people will still work hybrid. There's so many unknown things, but do you have any? Well, I'm sure you do. What are your thoughts on how all that those changes are going to be are, are going to impact self-storage.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it, it, to some extent it remains unknown, but I think that the industry in general is very optimistic. Again, it's really not, it's change that creates the demand for self-storage. So whether it's mm. downsizing uh, as an immediate reaction to COVID or if it's adjusting to the new norm, um whatever that is right Uh, people always like to say it's the the d's that cause demand for storage so it's death dissolution you know divorce it's it's anytime that there's a uh it's it's something that's dynamic anything that's changing Mm. in the market um tends to have a positive impact on our sector so um as we head into a recession you know there's a lot of talk that we may be heading into a recession um people will find places to to make budget cuts. There's no doubt about it, but people love their stuff. And so when it comes down to, you know, the idea. So, I mean, let's just use a very practical example. I've got stuff in self-storage, you know, I'm, a, I'm Joe Consumer. I have stuff in self-storage and now um, I lose my job. So if I'm the average consumer and I am faced with a situation where I may, you know, I'm going to lose my job or I'm looking to make some budget cuts, and I'm, uh, I have a self-storage unit. It's a ten by ten, and I walk into the manager to the office, and I say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I want to vacate my lease. Um, a good manager will be able to say, Hey, you know, let's go take a look. Let's see what we can. If maybe we can help you out. They may walk down, open the door up, and realize, Hey, you know what? You're not even using all your space. Why don't we do this? Let's move you to a smaller unit. We'll do that for you. We'll give you a month's free rent. And you're going to be back on your feet in no time, you know. Let's let's see how that goes, right? So what you've done is you've eliminated the vacate of that lease. The typical consumer is going to say, "Hey, they they perceive it as you're doing them a favor," and you really are. Nobody wants to get rid of all their stuff. Um, it's it's your life's memories. I mean, let's think about even though it's oftentimes junk that's in self storage, people say it's it's junk, quote unquote. But the reality is, it's somebody's personal junk, and it's something that they have an emotional attachment to, right? It might be my mom's stuff from when she passed away or memories that I've created that no longer fit in my house because we don't have a place to hang that painting. It might be junk to somebody else, but it's emotionally, I'm emotionally connected to it. And so um, our industry has the unique ability. So what did I do when I converted that tenant into a smaller unit? Well, I saved the tenant. And actually, the smaller units generate the most rent per square foot. So I actually... Generated more revenue for my facility by downsizing that tenant into a smaller unit. I did them a favor, and I think that really gets that one example really gets to the heart of why our business is so effective. It's because there's really no other business, you know, unlike retail, where you can have a mutiny related to a co-tenancy situation. Where you know, in our business, we have the ability to kind of roll with the punches. When times are good, we can increase rents. Frequently, when times are bad, we can soften rents. Or if a a customer comes in and asks for that, just because I've got 700 units in in my facility, changing one tenant's rent, lowering it $15 a month to make them feel good about staying is something that's very unique to our industry that really no other segment of CRE has.
0: I'll tell you something. I've never heard anyone describe self storage with the human element you just did and you're, you're so right that even though I, mean, I have I have a storage unit that I rent I don't own the facility but I have a, a place that we rent and I also have a really large house and so there's times where I think what do I need all this stuff for right but then when you go look at it you really don't want to get rid of it like you said so you know, I, I guess it really does appeal to uh, to the everyday person, and like you said, you're you have the flexibility in self storage to not have you know ten year locked in costs, you know, or fixed uh, rent rental rates, right? So you can adjust with the market.
1: Absolutely. How will
0: the um, how will the rents uh, not rents, but the interest rate increases that we're expecting through the rest of the year? How will will that affect you any 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 other way than what we've already talked about?
1: Well, you know, I mean, I think. Look, anybody in the CRE segment is dealing with the headwinds of increasing uh, interest rates, right? So the easy answer is, obviously, you would think that there's going to be some sort of price adjustment in the form of cap rates, right? Cap rates have to start increasing. How can you buy properties at cap rates that are lower than your cost of funds? It doesn't make sense. But if I would tell you that some of the very sophisticated management companies, the the third party REITs that are in the space, uh, who are extremely sophisticated from their revenue management operations, uh, would tell you that they feel that the great equalizer is again what I just said, getting back to that ability to monthly to manipulate the revenue stream on a monthly basis. So can we outpace inflation? Can we outpace interest rate movement um, with our ability to move the needle on revenue. So I don't know if the answer is yes or no. I do know for sure the answer is we probably have a better chance than some other CRE segments who are locked into much longer term leases. So I, I do think that there are some headwinds from increasing rates. It's interesting that our business is changing Uh, there, you know, 10 years ago, there was not an abundance of institutional players in the space, the Blackstones, KKRs, Brookfields, you can, you can name them 10 years ago. They were not in the self-storage space today. They are in the self-storage space. So we're starting to see a bifurcation, um, in the ownership because 75, I don't know what the exact number is, but a large percentage of the facilities are still owned by mom and pop's. Families that have two, three, four facilities, but now increasingly you're seeing the large players that have massive scale coming into the place and into the space, and they're dealing with a, a different cost of funds, a different back end capital structure. So you know whether those, you know, and then there's the REITs. Obviously, depending on what's going on with their stock price, it may create a situation where the beneficiaries are the largest players with access to the most efficient capital. It may, in the short term, uh, hurt some of the smaller players in the industry as they sort of adjust to uh, the new cost of capital. But, you know, as we look at that uh, and, you know, putting on my mortgage banking cap, you know, there's, there's ways we can mitigate that as well. Obviously, CMBS rates have come up fairly significantly. You know, prior to the end of the year, we closed three loans between Christmas and New Year's at rates between 265 and 285 10 year fixed rate wow. interest only loans at I mean those types of, of rates um, today those rates would probably be over 5 or close to 5 um, but CMBS you know offers that interest only financing which is the great equalizer because obviously when you start talking about loan constants you know you can really still make sense of the cash flow and if if you know Interest rates are going to go up for everybody. They may not affect some of the larger players at the same level that they affect the smaller players, but their cost of capital has to be increasing as well. Um, and so we'll, we'll see, you know, I think how, how it plays out. I, I do think it's always going to be a situation where um, everybody's facing the same headwinds Headwinds, and it's those people that sort of really get into the weeds and figure out how to attack it that are going to stand to to benefit, while some others that may be a little more um, lackadaisical about it, may, you know, may take a little longer to figure it out.
0: How long have you been in the self-storage industry, Sean? Uh,
1: well, we started the BSC Group in 2009, yeah. so, but I, I was active in the self-storage industry, um, specializing in mortgage banking prior to forming the BSC Group for probably, Gosh, I don't know. Now you're really making me sound old. Five to seven years. So we've, I've probably been <laughs> oh, okay. focused on self-storage for over 20 years at this point.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I actually, you sound young by saying that. So <laughs> uh, well, I don't know yeah. about that. Should, uh, I know yeah, this well, is only going yeah, to be no, audio, no.
1: but if you saw the gray in my beard, you would recognize that. Uh, <laughs> That's why we leave it audio yeah, only. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> I don't want
0: to show my gray either. Well, um thank you, Sean. Very, very helpful. And it, and I have always kind of believed, but I didn't know exactly why, but that self-storage was definitely a, a stable product. seems like it with, withstands the storms all the time. And so I'm I'm happy to hear that you kind of envision that going forward, even with the recession and, and the fact that you benefit by change, I think you're going to be extremely busy in the next couple of years. So I'm sure you're buckled up and ready for that, right?
1: Yep. The, the, the industry is as a whole, the industry is very well organized and it has changed a lot, but it it really has become institutional. So I think, um, you know, and, and you asked about some of the other CRE sectors, I think you're seeing that as well in the capital markets. You're definitely seeing, lenders as they're looking at where am I going to allocate capital they have replaced uh an allocation of retail and an allocation of office to the self-storage segment self-storage mm-hmm. I think at this point is considered to be as core as you know industrial and multifamily are always going to sort of lead the pack or certainly multi is always going to lead the pack um industrial has has really had a nice run but I think self-storage is right there and I think that um If you talk to some of the institutional players and some of the capital sources that have had uh, experience with it, they would tell you that they they feel very comfortable putting money into the space uh, because they've they've seen now over an extended number of recessions, uh, the tried and true resilience of the cash flow.
0: Great, great. Wonderful. Well, thanks again, Sean. Really appreciate it. Um, we're going to send a link out to this, of course, on our podcast, and we'll also send it to you so you can you can publish this wherever you'd like to. And we'll have a, information as to how someone can contact you if they, you know, have any they need any uh, self storage funding or anything. Okay.
1: Thank you so much, Ann. Anytime.
0: Thank you, Sean.
1: Okay. Bye bye.